Hi, and welcome to the Creep End Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany, and this is my co-host and sister, Kaylin. I was going to say yeet, but, you know, hello. (laughs) That's a proper greeting. (laughs) All right, so this is episode four, and today's episode is going to be about haunted or cursed movies. And... um. We both grew up watching movies way out of our age range, and it was like a goal of mine to watch every scary movie and scare the pants off myself before the age of twelve. So we got—I got some—I got some good. I got some good shit going on here. Well, I may as well just dive right in. So today I'm going to be talking about the Poltergeist curse, but. I also have a movie which carries its own curse for myself. And I have a a good friend out there who's going to know exactly what I'm talking about because her and I always had the same, like, weird synchronicities with this movie. But, um, so yeah, my, my personal cursed movie is The Ring. And me and okay i'm just gonna shout you out girl hey teresa so me and my friend teresa we would we would watch this movie like it was going out of style we loved to scare the pants off ourselves with this dang movie and but it was like it was so weird because every time we watched it it was like something happened so there was a one i remember one time we watched it in my room at home on my little baby TV with the TV fuzz because we didn't have any cable, so there was nothing for it to go to except static. And so you'd watch the movie, and then it would go to static, which is part of the mm. part of what happens in the movie is the TV static, and then you get the phone call. And so it, like TV always went to TV static, so it was like freaking already I've, awful. I've never looked at flies the same way either after that movie, Ew, so... Yeah, like when she plucks the fly yeah. off the TV static. Yeah, like, no, can't no, do it. No, flies, yeah. The flies gross me out. No. Mirrors are weird. Horses are weird. <laughs> Chairs. <laughs> Chairs are weird. Oh my god, like ladders. I remember I couldn't stand, like, like, if you'd see a lone chair, it was like, I would want to run the other direction. But who the hell's seeing lone chairs? See another synchronicity. Like, you watch that movie, all of a sudden I'm seeing lone chairs and random ladders propped up against buildings. Like, not okay. Well, maybe it's, like, those things where it's, like, you want a car so bad that you, like, start seeing the same exact car everywhere you turn. For sure. That's very very true. Um, But, yeah, so, like I said, like, my TV would always, you know, obviously go to static, but there was no other choice for it but to go to static. But then, remember this one time we watched it, and it goes to static, and we're like, all right. But it was like the middle of the day, so it was a weekend, and then the fucking phone rings. And we just about pissed ourselves. And it turned out to be like our uncle calling for mom or something. And I was just like, what the? F- Why would you call me? Like, and he was like, what the hell? Like, I'm looking for your mom. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, we just watched Plus the movie. Plus, it's the middle of the goddamn day. I, like- I know. It's not like he knew, but I remember I literally probably wet myself because of that. And it just scared me. But then, like, okay, so this is, like, kind of a weird stretch, but this one always weirded me out. So, when I was in freshman English, we had to write, like, a story using vocab words or whatever. And I used to always, like, make my characters based around, like, people I knew or, like, some of the teachers, but I would change their names. 
And so in one of mine, I decided I was going to write about a pirate named Richard Morgan because I was making fun of our drunk teacher. And all of you who had that class with me, you know exactly what drunk teacher that was freshman year. And then I put his last name is Morgan because he supposedly had a, a handle of Captain Morgan in his desk. So I'm like, cool, I'm just going to splice these names together and he's going to be called Richard Morgan. Well, guess what? That's the guy in the movie who freaking offs himself in the bathtub after Naomi Watts goes and interviews him. His name is Richard Morgan. And then my friend pointed that out to me like, um, yeah, that's the guy from The Ring. And I swear to God, I was like, oh my God, I'm never writing anything ever again. Like I scared myself. So like I said, <laughs> kind of a stretch, but pretty fucking weird. But yeah, like I said, like, I don't know. I still, to this day, I watch that movie and I've seen that movie hundreds of times. It still scares the pants off me. Still scares the fucking pants off me. And I, I'm still afraid I'm going to like see or hear things after I watch it. So it's like, I don't even watch it now if I can avoid it. That's <laughs> well, a good thing you can avoid it. <laughs> like I've just spent all this time, like always seeing like weird stuff afterward that I'm like, I'm, maybe I just need to quit this now. <laughs> But then the bummer part was, is the ones that came after it, like, weren't as good. So there's, like, the one where she's like, you're not my child, and, like, kicks the kid, like, Spartan kicks it, like, Samara back into the well, and it was just so cheesy. And then there's a remake. I feel like with horror movies, yeah, the remakes and the sequels are never as good. Are never as good. They're never as good. Like, yeah. especially with, like, older older um like horror movies because it's kind of authentic watching them not have as much like cgi and stuff yeah like 80s yeah like the 80s horror movies yeah they do have a certain they do have like a certain like creep factor because they're so crude like the yeah the the technology wasn't there Mm -hmm. so they had to find a way to do it yeah yeah but um but even then, I think it just, they tried to ride, like, the wave of, like, the first movie of The Ring was so good that they thought, oh, let's continue it. And it was just like, no. No. Apparently, the Japanese movie, Ringu, I believe is what it's called, that it's based off of, is a thousand times more frightening than The Ring. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just going to say, like, I'm not down. Yeah. I feel like f- just from what I have read is, like... When it comes to Japanese horror films, they leave no stone unturned. Oh. Like, they don't leave a lot to your imagination. They go ahead and just let you have it. And I'm, you know, I'm good. I just, I'm that, good. that just <laughs> sent shivers down my spine. Yeah. Like, I'm sweating so over here now. I remember everyone's like, oh, we should watch. And we, I never watched it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, what about you? Do, you? do you have a movie that was, like, weird for you, or? I mean, I'm a little baby, and y'all know this by now. Like, I'll <laughs> say it in every episode until my face turns blue. But, like, I just remember growing up and watching, like, The Blair Witch Project. And, like, our parents knew that, one, we probably shouldn't have been watching it at the ages that we did. But, two, like, they knew we were watching it. And I just remember mom and her cousin setting up like a whole scene of the Blair Witch Project for us after we were done watching it. And we were all creeped out and like we're all screaming at each other and oh my gosh. But I have, I don't know, I think I've had more trouble because I don't 
care to watch the paranormal stuff. I watch more of like Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and the strangers and stuff like that. Yeah. And I have more problems with that too. Slasher films. I sleep with knives and brooms and bats (laughs) and anything I can get my hands on to protect myself so I can sleep. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and dive right into um, the poltergeist curse. So another little fun fact, poltergeist is like my, probably my favorite like 80s scary movie. It would be. I don't know what it is about it. It's just extra freaking creepy. Like, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Like, I that one, actually, I will watch every, like, Halloween um, for some reason. That one I'm okay with rewatching, but I guess I don't have, you know, creepy shit coming out of my closet to, like, stop me from yeah. watching it. But, you know, I think I lied to you earlier. I think I have seen it with you watching it on our old ass box living room tv and i think we i think you made me watch it with you but you've you've always made me watch all the scary movies so you've had to have seen it because i pretty much watch that movie like once a year so i'm sure at some point when we were at dad's you've you've seen it with me and we forced you into a lot of scary movies with us so i'm sure i'm just traumatized Um, by now yeah you know you'll be fine Alright, so, well, I'm gonna go ahead and, like, start off with some, like, brief synopses of the movies. So, Poltergeist is a trilogy, but to be absolutely honest, I have never seen the third one. Um, the first one is my favorite, the second one is alright, and the third one, I think I just never bothered. Again, like we said earlier, like, the further you get into sequels, the worse they get. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Reading the synopsis for the third movie just sounded terrible. But I did watch the 2015 remake as well, and I hated it. See, I, this is how much I know about horror movies. I didn't even know that they remade this one. Yeah, it just wasn't anywhere near as good. See? Or as scary. Yeah. Or, I mean, they, they literally, they literally, like, based the entire thing off of the clown doll. Like... The mm. clown doll was the face for the movie, and, like, that was, like, the thing that they flew with, and it just wasn't as scary by any means. Yeah. Um, alright, so, Poltergeist number one came out in 1982, and, um, it was actually a story written by Steven Spielberg, and because he was, uh, from what I read, because he was directing E.T. at the same time in his contract he couldn't direct another film at the same time. Oh. So there's a different director, at least for the first one I'm not, I'm honestly not sure about the the two afterward um, I think his name is Toby Hooper or Tobe, Toby um, he directed it but it's all it was basically all Steven Spielberg's story idea, mm-hmm. he just legally couldn't actively direct another movie at the same time, so he produced it instead um and uh, so yeah, Poltergeist, it stars Craig T. Nelson, which if you don't know who that is, Google it. You'll know him if you've seen him. And I literally have a hard time watching him in anything else because he, like, this movie, you know, just like scared the pants off me as a kid. So every time I'd see him pop up in something else, I'm like, oh God, no. Like, <laughs> he's in some Christmas movie too that I watched over Christmas and I was like, Ugh. like, <laughs> waiting for the house to become haunted. Oh, that guy. Sorry, guys. I just Googled him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, he's a good actor. He's a, he's a great actor. I just it's so, he's phenomenal. I just have a really hard time watching him in anything else afterward. I'm always like ah. <laughs> but anyways, so he's the dad, um, and he I think works for like some like housing development company. They like build. They like built like this giant you know neighborhood mm-hmm. like housing complex kind of a thing, and as they like live in one of the houses in the development it's basically they're living in this house weird shit starts happening and then carol ann who's the youngest of their three kids uh she starts staring into like the mess of the tv static and i just realized it's another tv static movie for me oh good anyway anyway so she's like talking to the tv and you know she's talking to somebody and next thing you know ghost hand comes out earthquake shakes the house and she turns around and announces the famous line, They're here. And then that's when the spirit called the Beast releases his minion spirits to taunt the family. Um, so a bunch of shit starts moving around, chairs stacking themselves, sun is snatched up by the creepy tree in the backyard. And eventually the dad, Stephen, he finds out that the housing development, it was built over a cemetery. Oh. And they moved the headstones to a different location, but they never actually moved the bodies. Um, so the family calls in a paranormal team after um, Carol Ann ends up swooped into the spirit realm through her closet. And then in comes Zelda Rubenstein, who plays Tangina, and another person you'd know her if you've seen her. She's a cute little tiny lady with, like, the raspy voice. So, yeah, in comes Zelda Rubenstein playing Tangina, and she's, like, a medium, and she ultimately guides Carol Ann and her mother, Diana, back Earthside, um... After Diana jumps, like, they find the portal in the closet. She jumps into the portal. She goes to find Carol Ann. Tangina's, like, guiding her how to grab Tan- how to grab Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. And then sh- she's also, like, trying to get the spirits to go to the other side. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah, they make it out. They end up covered in what looks like strawberry jello. It's supposed to be ectoplasm, but I always, it always looked like jello to me. <laughs> And then that's when Tangina famously turns around and goes, this house is clean. (laughs) So anyway, they begin to pack up and move and the beast strikes again. He didn't actually leave. So he attempts to snatch up Carol Ann again. The son's attacked by the clown doll at this point. Diane is dragged all over the house and then out to the pool. Then she's greeted by skeletal remains floating in the muddy pool. Um, she gets out, manages to get back in the house, snatches up the kids, and they run out, and then cop- coffins and corpses and crap is just flooding this neighborhood. And then their house literally, like, implodes. It, like, just sucks in. It's like, and it's what gone. What the fuck? Yeah. So then the movie ends with them. Uh, I think the dad quits the development company because, like, the guy's there watching all the coffins and shit float up. He quits. They end up in a hotel, and they, like, shove the TV out the room. And, like, that's where that movie ends. So then Poltergeist 2 starts, uh, and that came, this one came out in 1986. Um, so the old neighborhood is now like an archaeological dig. And then a cave is found under the family's old like imploded house lot. So the house is gone. It completely disappears. Um, and then uh, we're basically, there's the evil spirit who is Reverend Kane. And he escapes the cave, and him and the minion spirits, he's who the beast is. So the beast is mm-hmm. this reverend. Oh, okay. Um, 
So his minion spirits find the family. They try to swoop Carol Ann again. The family is helped again um, by Tangina and then a Native American shaman named Taylor. Um, and really, if you've seen this movie, you're probably traumatized by the same exact scene that I am. And that's the, uh, the, te the tequila worm scene where um, the dad decides he's just going to get tanked and he drinks the tequila with the worm in the bottom of the bottle and then the worm possesses him because the worm is Reverend Kane or whatever. <laughs> Reverend Kane possesses the worm to possess Stephen. And then uh, it just reminds me of the, the George Lopez episode where George drinks the tequila worm and has hallucinations. Oh, God. I you. So, yeah, then he like spits out the worm and it turns into like a giant, like gross monster thing. I don't know. That's the only part that I really remember from this movie. So anyways, eventually in the end, they decide to fight Kane on his own turf in the cavern and um, he tries to snatch up Carol Ann. Then essentially, you know, Tangina and Taylor, the Native American shaman, are fighting these demons and spirits and shit. And then eventually Carol Ann's grandma, actually, her spirit saves her and pulls her back from the light and sends her back out into Aww. Earth. Yeah. Good old Grammys. Exactly. Um, so then uh, Poltergeist 3 came out in 1988 and Carol Ann is now sent to live with an aunt and uncle that live in a high rise in like LA or LA-esque area. Uh, anyway, so Carol Ann's like befriending a window washer and you know, he's washing the windows and he's like, all right, see you later. And then scooches down in his little cart and then looks back up and then we see good old Reverend Kane again. Oh, goody. So, yeah, he shows up because she's been seeing a psychiatrist, and it's like constant discussion with the psychiatrist mm -hmm. leads to Reverend Kane being able to pick him out, pick her out through the spirit realm, and he's able to find her. So, and the psychiatrist believes that, like, she's just being super manipulative and that she has the ability to conduct mass hypnosis. Sure. Don't you have to be trained to do that or right. some shit like that? Don't you have to be, like, Houdini? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know. So, it just sounds dumb. But anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, Reverend Kane begins to, like, pop up in mirrors. He, like, shuts off the heat to the building. And then Tangina is across the United States, but, like, she psych psychically knows that... Carol Ann's in trouble again, so she leaves to go rescue her. That's her girl! Exactly. That's I mean, at this her point, girl! At this point, she's pulled her out of the spirit realm twice now. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, uh, so yeah, so Tangina ends up there at the, at, like, the high-rise building. Psychiatrist shows up, too. Um, Carol Ann and her cousin Donna and the cousin's boyfriend, Scott, are all swooped into the other side through a puddle. Um, Tangina is then taken um, by Reverend Kane, who's pretending to be Carol Ann, and then she basically dies and ends <gasps> up in the... Yeah. Uh, oh, man. She had grandma status. I know. So then she... So, yeah, she swooped into the other side, but she, like, dies completely, I guess. Um, and then possessed versions of Donna and Scott reappear, and then Donna, like, pushes the psychologist or psychiatrist, like, down an elevator shaft. Um... So, yeah, yeeted him down. I mean, he was kind of an idiot, so I'm, I don't know. So then the aunt that she's living with has to use her love for Carol Ann to face off against Reverend Kane to get her back. 
And then luckily Tangina is more powerful. In the spiritual realm, right? She's pretty powerful. So she like can fight Kane off pretty adequately. Um, anyways, the aunt ends up showing enough love to get Carolyn back. And Tangina finally convinces Reverend Kane to go with her into the light. Then the movie is like at the end and they show the building and then a lightning bolt strikes and then you hear Reverend Kane laughing at the end. So you're supposedly, I guess he didn't actually go to the other side. So that's how that movie ends. But luckily there was nothing made after that. Except probably oh, just thank God, because that was a terrible, terrible little like plot I line. Like I said, I haven't seen this movie, but just the synopsis, I was like, I would still never want to see it. <laughs> and then there was the 2015 remake, which we already sort of touched base on. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the movies. And then here's all the creepy crap that happened to the cast and crew who all worked on all three of these movies. So there's four deaths that happened, um, around the filming and from actors who were in the film. So of course the most famous one is Heather O'Rourke who played Carol Ann. So she died after filming the third film from complications of misdiagnosed Crohn's disease. Uh, Her symptoms had been attributed to the flu. And then like, I guess she'd been having issues for like a year. And then she went in hella sick and they were like, oh, you just have the flu. And then the next day she collapsed, suffered cardiac arrest. They put her into surgery to remove her, you know, a bowel obstruction and, uh, she ended up dying as a result of the surgery. Um, and they also believe, obviously, like Crohn's disease is a chronic illness. So they, they believe that she had this like like a congenital intestinal defect like the whole, her whole life and mm-hmm. nobody ever caught it. So yeah, she passed away. Um, and the other most famous one is Dominique Dunn, who's the older sister in the first movie. Um, she had split from her partner, John Sweeney. Um, and I, if, as far as I know, this actually happened like right at the end of filming. Um, so yeah, she split from her partner, John Sweeney, and then he like showed up at her house in, in Hollywood to try to get her back, but she refused. So of course, naturally he strangled her Oh, and put her in a coma and then left her to die in her driveway. Um, she was put on life support, but she was brain dead. So, um, she did end up dying. And, um, yeah, he was only sentenced to six and a half years and then only ended up serving three years and seven months. So I guess you can just murk whoever you want when you don't get your way and you don't have to fucking serve any fucking time. So, yeah, that was really sad. So I believe that is why she's not in the end of the first movie. And, like, she's obviously not the second movie, only the brother is. Um, Because, you know, supposedly she, like probably went off to college you know? yeah so yeah that's why so she was actually killed b- during like the end of the filming of the first film and then uh the other two is uh julian beck who played the creepy ass reverend kane in mm-hmm. poltergeist 2 he was diagnosed with stomach cancer and he actually died shortly after filming um and then will sampson who played Taylor, the Native American shaman, in mm-hmm. the second film as well. Um, he died after filming due to a failed heart-lung transplant surgery. So a lot of people say that those two deaths aren't as, you know, like, pertinent 
mm-hmm. but it's just weird that you know it now all you happened have, after. you have four actors who have been in this series of films that are yeah. now all dead they're like well their deaths were a little more predictable it's like well yeah but still anyways so um and then another close call that happened was uh, Richard Lawson, um, who I guess, fun fact, is Beyonce's stepfather. Um, he played the paranormal investigator in the first film, um, and he was on a flight in 1992 that crashed, killing 27 of the 51 passengers. And he had actually switched seats to first class because he signed an autograph for a fan, so they gifted him a seat in first class for signing the autograph. And uh, the guy that he swapped seats with actually ended up dying. So he saw it as, like, he should have died on that flight, but didn't because he managed to switch seats. So everyone says, well, that's just coincidence. But again, another person who was on this cast and crew who had something tragic happen. I mean, luckily he made it out alive, but still, that's pretty traumatizing. Yeah. Um. So then, so yeah, those are all like, like the deaths and the one near death experience. Um, and then now we get to all the creepy shit that happened. So according to Joe Beth Williams, who's Diane, the mom, um, Spielberg actually used real skeletons on the set when she's filming the muddy pool skeletons popping up. Where the fuck do you find that many real skeletons? Like medical um, people who, like, donate their bodies to, like, medical research. It's kind of rude. You used to be able to... As far as I know, you used to be able to purchase them. They are, So that's part of the thing. Um, they were actually cheaper than fake props at the time because I, I guess they're that cheap for medical research. So okay. he got his hands on some real ones, although he's never admitted that that was true. Mm-hmm. So, which, why would you? Yeah. You know? It'd be, it's like a nice little fun, like in Disneyland, like, oh, the human skull on the Pirates of the Caribbean on the headboard is the real skull, you know? Everybody says that when you ride by. (laughs) Yes, because that's true. But yeah, so, you know, he never admitted to it, but um, I feel like that's not like the first time I've heard of people who've needed prop bones or skeletons and they've actually just purchased them instead because it's, I guess it used to be cheaper. I don't know. It seems weird, but okay. She also said that the apartment that she lived in while she was filming was haunted and that she had a picture on one of the walls and it kept moving, like tilting or, you know, turning sideways and stuff. But she just kept trying to tell herself that she slammed the door too much. So it was shaking the photo on the wall, which is definitely possible. But, you know, I don't know. And then uh, the Samson who played, you know, the, the Native American shaman. Um, he actually performed a real-life exorcism after filming Wrapped on Poltergeist 2. Okay. And some people think it was just to add to the scare factor of, Maybe. you know, he just kind of wanted to end, you know, finish creeping everybody out, but I kind of think maybe everybody was experiencing some weird shit, so he just took it upon himself to try to, like, cleanse everything after, you know? Well, someone had to do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> So Oliver Robbins, who played uh, the brother Robbie, um, was actually strangled by the animatronic clown in the first movie. Um, So obviously, because effects were so limited, they Mm -hmm. opted to go ahead and use a fake clown 
you know, yeah. robot thing. And so the arm got stuck around his neck and he was choking for a while. But thankfully Spielberg like realized, okay, wait, this is, this isn't supposed to be <laughs> like, this is going on for too long. So he ran in mm-hmm. and saved him before anything could happen. Oh my God. So he says like, he thinks like, had Steven Spielberg not ran in when he did, he probably would have gotten choked out and, like, could have died on set. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, a garage being used to film Poltergeist 3 mm-hmm. caught on fire when some plastic prop ice just randomly ignited. Um, and yeah. they, you know, firefighters came in, like, they said that it was, like, a giant ball of fire, like, chased everybody out, and, like, firefighters came in, and, like, the chief of, the chief firefighter said that, they, yeah, they could not find an ignition source at all, so. That is insane. Yeah, so they couldn't pinpoint how the fire started, but, yeah, it lit up the whole garage. Um, and then author James Kahn, who was novelizing the movie, um, after, like, literally right after he had finished the project, lightning struck his building that i I don't know if it was like his work building or where he Mm -hmm. lived but uh lightning struck his building and his air conditioning unit shot across the room hit him in the back did it paralyze him no no he he i guess he was fine oh okay but no it's like i mean i'm assuming it was a window unit i mean granted big but still survivable i guess uh yeah so it whacks him in the back and then, um, you know, lights shut off and everything, obviously. But then all the lights turn back on and all of his video games come on and start playing themselves on the TV. No, thank you. Okay. And then, um, lastly, I'm going to finish up with, uh, with the stuff that happened with the remake film. So the 2015 remake. Um, director Gil Keenan. It's back. Yeah, basically. So director Gil Keenan rented a house for production. And the lights would flicker on and off, and the equipment wouldn't work. Um, he was using drones to, like, film around the property. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a field that he couldn't ever get the drone to, like, lock on to the GPS. So he couldn't, like, pinpoint exactly where this portion of the property was, because it, the G- it, GPS signal would never work there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he rented a house for himself to stay in while he was working on the film. And he said that that house was haunted by a woman in black. And he would see her through the house and whatnot. Stuff would move the whole nine yards. Uh, and he thinks that it followed him from the set. Because when he when he moved out of the house after filming, the owner of the house moved back in. And then called him and was like, hey, were you experiencing any of this weird shit? Because like this has never happened before you were here. And so he thinks that everything followed him back from the movie set. <gasps> Because the woman that owned the house never had any issues before he was there. Yeah, no, thank you. Mm-mm, bye-bye. So, yeah. And yeah, so that is the uh, creepy happenings and the supposed death curse of the Poltergeist movie series. Start over. <laughs> so moving on to The Exorcist. Not to be confused with the exorcism of Emily Rose. This is just The Exorcist. The good old exorcist i have not watched this movie since second grade and i refuse to watch it and i will never forgive you for this yeah and the images that still replay in my head sometimes when i just hear this word yeah it's pretty impressive though for a movie made in the 70s that 
it was that traumatizing in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It, it, You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Freaking 20 years later and I still can't sleep at night when I hear this word. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't read the book. I heard it's worse. Oh, God. Uh, so, The Exorcist was filmed in New York City, but it's set for Washington, D.C., and released in 1973, and it is actually loosely based on a true story mm-hmm. and i don't like things based on a true story so that just makes everything <laughs> worse um so uh, being based on a true story it was inspired by a teenager from missouri in 1949 and it was said that the face of the devil appeared on this boy's leg before the voice of Saint Michael came out of the boy's mouth, telling Satan to leave the body. But then going back to the set, um, so at the theaters during the release, they had medics on standby because the audiences were fainting and vomiting so bad. <laughs> One even actually ended up suing Warner Brothers because she had broken her jaw from fainting <laughs> from this movie. <laughs> so that's just like the beginning of how terrifying this movie is. Far ahead of its time, apparently. Very, yes, very much so. I even read that, like, the, you know, I guess, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, the vomiting scene was, like, the worst part. And, like, the, <laughs> oh God, I'm gagging. The two, there was, like, a tube that was, like, hooked up to her mouth that, like, they just kept, like, throwing shit in and just making her vomit. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Okay. Yeah, I thought that Wasn't was a fun it, like, fact. It's like lentil soup or something. It was like pea soup yeah. or some shit yeah. like that. And, oh. <laughs> poor, poor Andre. He, I was doing the homework and he was sitting in my lap and you know just trying to go down and like there's no pictures, no pictures, no pictures. Oh. And then all of a sudden there's a picture of her possessed face and he's like, I don't want to help you anymore, Mama. And then like <laughs> took off running and I was like, I, I can't even blame you. I don't want to help myself anymore. He just passed on the nightmare. Yeah. So going into a very, very brief summary about this movie, a Catholic priest finds a statue of the demon Pazuzu, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, on an archaeological dig in Iraq. Meanwhile, Chris McNeil is living on location with her daughter, Reagan. Uh, weird things begin to happen around the house, and after playing with a Ouija board, eh, go mm-hmm. figure, she begins acting strangely using obscene language and has abnormal strength. <laughs> it looks like abdominal, but abnormal strength. Abnormal abdominal strength. <laughs> well, she does that weird, like, crab crawl, so, you know, who knows? Pazuzu gave her a sick core workout. <laughs> so doctors check her, but can't find anything wrong physically. Then an exorcism is performed by two priests. One dies of a heart attack, and the other... <laughs> Out of (laughs) everyone gets yeeted out of that window. She yeets another dude out the window earlier, and then the bat priest yeets himself out the window. Just imagining (laughs) these people screaming, Yeet! 
<laughs> going out this two-story bedroom window. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's not that funny. I'm sorry. So yeets himself out the window, and after the demon leaves Reagan and attaches uh, attaches to him, um, yeah, the yeeted guy. A few days later, Reagan is back to normal and has no memory of her possession, yeah. which. I guess is a good thing because that's not something anybody would want to remember is being possessed by Pazuzu, the yeeting demon. (laughs) You know, as her mother, though, I feel like I would never trust her again. Yes. I would literally be like, like creeping in with freaking and like, I holy water and a silver steak. Yeah, I'm not terribly religious. And I we come from a Catholic family, but I don't. I don't practice Catholicism, but I would definitely be in there with crucifixes and holy water. Getting ready to yeet. My daily just shower in holy water. (laughs) Oh, God. So, like the poltergeist, there were actually nine deaths. Oh. That is... It outdid poltergeist. It it outdid poltergeist. It took three films to get four deaths yeah no there was nine films or nine oh. films <laughs> there was not nine films there was nine deaths oh, that have been related to the exorcist including a cameraman's unexpected stillborn oh yeah a security guard the sad shit i know like that that's like the first thing that showed up too was yeah. that and i was like what the fuck a security guard and linda blair's grandfather mm. um one of the more famous deaths is of Jack Mc McGowan. 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 He died a month before the movie was released, and his character Burke Dennings yeah. died in the film. Yeah, that's the guy who gets yeeted out the window first. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but there was a few more that they didn't really give any explanation to, which I'm. Going to just assume the families didn't want to talk about it or have it out there, which is completely understandable. There was an unexplained fire at the first set of the McNeil home, which caused a six-week setback. And they had to move locations Mm -hmm. and find a whole new McNeil home. (laughs) Um, Ellen Burstyn received a permanent spine injury on set mm-hmm. her harness malfunctioned while being thrown across the room oh, good. causing her to land on her coccyx which if you don't know that is her tailbone oh i was about to twip my <laughs> well coccyx is one of my favorite words to say but huh. oh yeah <laughs> but it's her tailbone <laughs> so she, she landed on her what <laughs> <laughs> her booty oh god um, the priest played by Jason Miller was approached on the street by a priest and given a medallion warning him against, quote, those who do things to reveal the devil for the trickster that he is, he will seek retribution against you or he will even try to stop what you are trying to do to unmask him, end quote, which if I was a priest in a movie and a priest came up to me on the street saying this shit i'd be like what the fuck do you know like he's seen he's seen the aura yeah he's seen some shit like he looked at him and was like oh hell no nah that creepy insidious demon is behind his shoulder oh no thank you 
Um, there was a carpenter working on set pieces, and he lost fingers. Well, that could just be bad carpentry. <laughs> it, it could be, but at the same time, with everything else going on, like, if you're kind of good at your job, you won't lose too many fingers. Maybe one, but this this dude lost a few. Like, Yeah. So this one I thought was pretty interesting. In Rome, when the first movie came out, there the theater there was in between two churches. And... <laughs> I'm surprised they played it in Rome. I'm surprised they played it in Rome, too. But there was a deafening, like, rain sound and lightning, and a loud crash was heard, and one of the church's crosses had been struck by lightning. Oh... Now, I don't know if the, like, cross had fallen down or anything. I don't think so. But even then, lightning struck a church in Rome, needless to say. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird coincidence, for sure. Um, Linda Blair had a nervous breakdown on set multiple times. Poor Linda Blair. Yeah. (laughs) But honestly, like, the character that she was playing, it completely makes sense about the mental breakdowns that she was having like i would be having mental breakdowns too having to play a a character like this um and then another one that i saw was the author of the exorcist william peter blatty and his wife had experienced weird things while writing the book no no shit yeah his wife saw a hairbrush floating and he didn't believe her. He was just like, nah, you're making shit up. Like, you know, whatever, whatever. And then turns around and he saw a telephone floating. And Ew. he was like, okay, never mind. You're not crazy anymore. Like, you, you're telling the truth. Oh. If I saw anything floating, I'd be eating myself out the window. I wonder if, like, I actually haven't, I have not read that book. And I kind of am curious if, like, the demon is a real demon in the book, in the good book. In the bad book, I don't know. I mean, what book you find demons in, but yeah, I it you know like because like, maybe it could be, and because they had found that statue in India, it in could India. be native to. Well, yeah, in the it's movie, Iraq. Oh, Iraq. Sorry, I'm sorry. Excuse me. They found it in Iraq. It could be native to Iraq, and it could be found in books upon books from over there well i mean that's where the middle east is where all religions sort of came from okay well you're talking to the least religious person in this room i might have you be i just know a little history well yeah you also (laughs) took history classes on the shit i mean yeah well like that's what i'm saying is like i'm curious if that's an actual demon named or if he made that up is what I'm saying. Oh. Because if he chose an actual demon from religion or mythology yeah. or whatever, then maybe that's why all this weird shit started happening. Because he chose like an actual named demon versus making one up himself. But like I said, I haven't read the book, nor do I know. And yeah. Nor did I- and I do remember reading, though, that like a lot of people, especially on the set, were confused because like they weren't calling this demon like Satan. Uh-huh. And so they were confused that, like, okay, like, this... Why Satan oh, shit kept popping up? Why Satan shit kept popping up if they're... Oh. If this, you know, like, I guess has nothing to do with the, the Satan that they 
Satan rules the demons. But yeah. And they're just doing their work for him. So that I thought that was pretty interesting that they were kind of confused that this demon had a different name that wasn't Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't really, I don't really know. I, I know historical, like, reference, not, like, I mean, I've read chunks of the Bible, but, like, obviously not no. demonology parts, so, <laughs> like, I don't fucking know. Anyway. And I just don't know anything, so we're just gonna squash that. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, moving on. But that's um, pretty much all that they that I have for like the weird stuff that happened on set with them, and like, like I said, there's nine deaths, but I could only find a few of them yeah. that they went into detail. Well, on. and I'm sure just from all the flack they were getting from the film, that I bet you a lot of that information was withheld for a long time. Oh yeah, because like. They were literally, like, being hounded for having put this to film. Yeah, when um, when I was actually doing my research on it, I saw an article that actually wasn't published until 2015 about some of the stuff that happened. Yeah. So, And that's six years ago. Yeah. And this movie was yeah. a, a lot long, longer than six, huh, six years ago. A long time ago. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy it's interesting you know to be honest actually i knew it was a book i didn't know that they had based it off of anything actually true but there was also this other possession that maybe we'll do a we'll do a possession episode uh that happened that i don't i think it might be the emily rose movie is based off of the other possession that I'm oh thinking yeah of. maybe i thought you when you said it was based off of possession it was going to be this other one i was thinking of mm-hmm. obviously it's not yeah so i think it must be the emily rose one that's based off this other person probably so yeah maybe we'll we'll do a possession episode yeah that'd be interesting cool well that's fun little i always um refer to like when I am like mad about something or like when I am like like I don't know like yeah when I'm mad I'll be like oh my head did a Reagan spin because you know her head turns yeah. all the way around in the movie they used a dummy for that I did learn that well, <laughs> <laughs> well that wasn't one of the deaths recorded because she snapped her neck on set <laughs> of course they used well, a well no but what I'm saying is like they could have, like, you know, 180 one way, 180 the other way, and then just kind of spliced it together. I mean... Freaking little asshole. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you know how necks work, but... <laughs> We're not owls. <laughs> this is not one of my brighter moments, guys. <laughs> crying <laughs> and i'm envisioning them filming her all right now turn your head all the way to the left now turn your head all the way to the right and we're, it's the 1970s but we're gonna figure out how to splice this together <laughs> they're just overlaying the film like how do we do this uh <laughs> see that's that's the type of comedy we needed <laughs> Oh, God. And, then, and on that note, and then the tenth death. I'm logging off today. 
She died while filming. <laughs> Shut up. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your expense, but uh, yes, you do. I do. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. All right. It's, well, it's all right. It's okay. You know, we're, we're actually recording in the morning, um, so we're just gonna chalk it up to we're exhausted. Um, yeah, I didn't sleep well so last night. We're either, just drinking so. coffee and recording right now, and not wine. <laughs> at night so that we're just gonna say and we're moms you know we're just all of the things we have excuses don't worry we'll we'll, we'll count them out for you probably over and over again oh god oh that was good <laughs> what a good way to end that piece oh dear um yeah actually fun fact i have not watched that movie since we traumatized you with it as well so oh that's good i don't, um, I don't not feel that i was terribly afraid of it uh, but I just haven't found the need to watch it again. Yeah, there's the. I feel like like I know it's a there's classic. N- I'd rather read the book at this point. E- no, but I've heard people- because I feel like you would become possessed through the book. I mean, I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Maybe that's something we look up for a future episode: is possessed books. Oh, that's a good one. I'm writing that down. <laughs> Hurry, write that down. Oh dear. Oh man. Oh, that's great. Good shit. Um, so I guess we'll talk about our happy topic so we're not creeped out for the rest of the day. And it's like nice and rainy and mucky outside, so that's cool. I'm just gonna see demons floating in the air today. Okay, I'm gonna find demons at Target. <laughs> Karen demons. The Karen demons. <laughs> oh god. You have... Okay, so since we recorded last episode five of wandavision was out but now there's episode six. Oh, i caught up yesterday morning because I, I did not have my kids so oh, i got myself a hot cup of coffee and was just sitting there and i watched five and six okay i didn't watch six yet it's getting crazy i'm sure i saw a like a little snippet on, mm-hmm. on good old tiktok of her um, kind of running through the storylines in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of crazy potential here. Yeah. There's like three different comic book lines that she referenced to what they've pulled for her character so far. But then mm-hmm. what happens with those storylines, it can go in any direction at this point. And, oh, none, yeah. and none of them are going to 100% make you feel good. So, but it. That's what Marvel Cinematic Universe does to you. They get you, they reel you in, and then they off your favorite fucking character, and they leave you crying in the movie theater. So, yeah. And there's no finger snap bringing back Iron Man, and I am feeling some type of way about that, so. Well, okay, there's all it. those theories that they're trying yeah. to work with to get him to be brought back because well, also Robert Downey Jr. is not done being Iron Man, no, I guess. No, he's still contracted to be Iron Man, but from what I have read, and like I, I could be wrong because I, I don't dive that deep into the... I don't dive that deep into the the realms of... And I've only read so many comic book lines. and Yeah. Um, but supposedly he's still contracted because they're gonna do like there's like flashback sequences oh okay and you know with like spider-man oh man and that stuff poor guy. like that and then i'm sure i'm sure with the whole doctor strange thing i mean i'm sure there's something yeah but he i know he was 
not ready to not be Iron Man. And there's a lot of them that weren't ready to let their roles go that they're trying to figure out ways to like pop them back up in memories or, you know, to do what they can with it. Yeah. If they're going to do like flashback sequences or Doctor Strange is just going to keep popping through realities, then sure. But other than that, I mean, at some point we're going to have to like let it go. I have too much anxiety and depression to let this go. So (laughs) I can't yet. So the way that, the way that I think about it is like the walking dead and I loved The Walking Dead. I watched, I began watching it the second season, but I binged the first season in a day and I had been watching religiously up until, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched or you're just now starting, skip ahead or quit listening, uh, when they killed Glenn, because I was so attached to, to Glenn's character as when I quit watching. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, um, Daryl's not a character in the comic books yeah he was added in he's added in and a lot of so he's a fan favorite and so he's actually skewing a lot of the storyline because he's not a real character which is one of the reasons they chose to like off certain people when they did mm-hmm. and to be honest like i got really upset about it and i quit watching but also i like it felt like the show was kind of like using the same plot line over and over again like yeah oh you have rick tater oh and then you have uh the governor oh and then you have negan it's like everybody's trying to like gain some kind of power over the new world and it's just the same shit over and over again but then you're just murking my favorite characters for fun yeah and i i got really bummed out about it so i just quit is it beth the young blonde. I don't want to talk about that one either. That she freaking, she was my favorite. That one broke my heart. And that one totally destroyed me to where I don't think I've watched it since then. Yeah. And that was early. Yeah. No, I spent a lot, a lot of time putting a lot of time into that show and then crying at the amount of time I put into that show. So <laughs> I think eventually, I think they're filming the last season. I don't know if this is the actual last season or not, but um, it's the 10th season. I think is all the 10th season's almost done airing or whatever but but yeah so maybe i'll finish it eventually but i'm not 100 percent sure well we'll keep it short on the nerdy talk for you guys today um hope you enjoyed this long ass episode with all this movie stuff go watch poltergeist if you haven't and uh go watch the exorcist if you're wanting to see pea soup sprayed everywhere oh <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on the Instagram at the Creep End Pod. You can email us your creepy stories or experiences that we can feature in later episodes at the Creep End Podcast at gmail.com. We are now available on Apple and Spotify and still through the Podbean app. I'm still waiting for other streaming services to approve us, but we have to have more than a few episodes up before they'll approve us. But we're getting there. We're getting somewhere. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed. And we will see you next week. Bye.